and welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast. My name is Chris Chafin. I'm one of the hosts. That's why I'm here. I'm Caleb Shively, one of the hosts. That's why Chris is here. And you know what? We're talking about the host today. Oh my gosh. That's one of the two movies you're going to be hearing about. Every week we talk about two movies. Both of them are great. One of them is old. One of them is new. They kind of inform each other in some way. This uh, time today... This episode. Yeah, we're doing a double bong. We're hitting the bong twice. Hell yeah, man. It's two movies from director Bong. That's Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho. It's the host from 2006 and also the Parasite. Or it's just Parasite. It's not the Parasite. Parasite. Your hype is there. I feel like I'm missing out some part where we talk more bullshit, like somehow I skated over it. I don't know. Uh, you kind of explain it, and I go and I say something stupid like, yeah, it's good movies. We want you to listen and listen to us talk about good movies to watch good movies. And if you haven't seen The Host, uh, why haven't you seen The Host? And go out and see Parasite, and we're going to explain why you should go out and see Parasite. See, you fucked that up for me because I was going to say, yeah, you're right, that was stupid, but then you said like stuff that was smart, so I yeah. can't, it didn't really apply anymore. <laughs> well, sometimes, <laughs> it was pretty rude, well, honestly. Then sometimes you say, well, sometimes we don't do good movies like we did The Joker. Well, that's true, yeah, but this week they're both good, so I yeah, was just going to leave that we're out. Fine. You know, we're actually on the cutting room floor. Uh, anyway, that's all this week on, actually, Boo- Best Choice Boo- Movies. Boo- Uh, before we get to any of that, uh, what have you been watching this week, Caleb? Oh, ding-dongs and sing-songs. Oh, <laughs> ding-a-ding-dong-rongy-dongs. Uh, well, I haven't been watching as many movies as, because, uh... What? I know Big Mouth started, uh, what? I Told You Shit's Creek is started what? on Netflix again, uh, I also watched Disenchanted, had to wow. get all those in. Uh, but I did watch movies, of course I watched the movies. Um... You only watched, like, six or seven movies, is that, like, not that many <laughs> Something movies? Something like that, yeah. Um... <laughs> As inspired from hating the Joker so much, I went and, well, Meredith hadn't seen, my uh, partner, uh, hadn't seen uh, the movie last year that came out where, uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, which I was like, oh, I like Jonah Hill a lot in that movie. Let's rewatch that. I had not seen that that. either. It's on on Amazon. It's great. The last day that I walked, I woke up without a hangover. Ah, pretty groovy day, huh? I didn't see that movie where he kills people with a hammer either. Oh, uh, you never really hear? Oh, uh, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah. Two great Joaquin Phoenix movies. If I guess you... that's why I was not, not, not like surprised by this movie, but I, I hadn't seen that whole strain of his career. You oh, know? yeah. So Don't Worry, You Won't Get Far on Foot is a very restrained Gus Van Sant movie, uh, and he casts a lot of comedians in it, and it's kind of odd, but the comedians are very like funny, but in a very, like, oh, wait, they're supposed to be serious way, so it's... <laughs> Oh no, Jack Black is like a way over the top drunk in it. He's the reason why Joaquin Phoenix is paralyzed. But great in the movie. I I, I really like. Don't worry, he won't get far in foot. Uh, and yeah, I'm also sorry to go. Hey, go please part, go ahead. As we please go ahead about Caleb. how much Joker is a Scorsese ripoff. Mm-hmm. I saw a big missing piece in my Scorsese orv orv. It's oeuvre. Oeuvre. It's oeuvre. O e. I don't think you've ever said that word right on the show the entire time. Oeuvre. Erfra. My opera. Erfra. Well, anyway, I watched uh, Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ, finally. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, i never seen that either. <laughs> it's, it's really not my favorite of his movies. It didn't look like a thing I would enjoy. Uh, I did like that Kevin Smith said in response to Kevin to Scorsese, Martin Scorsese calling Marvel movies oh, yeah. uh, like cheap cinema or thrill rides. Uh, 
whatever he called him. He theme said, park rides. I think he said, well, he, he said. made the ultimate superhero movie in The Last Temptation of Christ, which there <laughs> is a lot of that. like world building and like. I kind of see what he's getting, and he's not wrong. I mean, I guess I... It's, but that's, like, the kind of thing you'd say, and then you'd be like, and the flying spaghetti monster. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't like that whole strain of uh, commentary. Uh, but they do have similar hero-building aspects to it. But it's... I don't know. It's I have a least favorite Martin Scorsese movie, finally. I, <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Instead of just... They were all tied for first before Instead that. Instead of me going... Yeah. <laughs> That's when you pretend to be a baby, though, and men, you like, you're like a cam boy, and you put on a diaper and pretend Ooh, to be a baby. I could get, I could get paid for that, man. Ooh, goo goo gaga, gling gling. I'm gonna, we're gonna put baby in the sounds of money when for you give tips milk. I don't know those. what a baby needs. Like, what do you think babies need money for? Like milk. Okay, and that's number one. Um, Diapies to impress their friends. To impress their friends, right? Yeah, that's the other. Yeah, okay, that's it. Yeah, so, I mean, they're just people, you know. When you get right down to it, well, little tiny dumb people, Shh, little bastards. I'll know all about it soon enough. Oh, yeah. you know, I don't know shit about In it. Twenty right hours. Now. Yes. Right. Yes. Caleb, my wife is very pregnant. Caleb's joke is that she is giving birth in 20 hours. And when I say it's a joke, I mean, it's true. And I'm just trying not to think about it. You know, (laughs) that's what this podcast is for. Distract me from my wife being in labor. (laughs) This is, yeah, that actually honestly is the 2019 Brooklyn version of like smoking cigars and drinking (laughs) bourbon. It's like, oh, my wife's giving birth, but I'm recording my movie podcast. (laughs) Uh, Speak. Yeah. Get into it. Speaking of the things that distracted you. What did you watch this week? That was it for you. Really? Uh, I could talk about El Camino, but I don't have to talk about El Camino. Oh, you saw El Camino? Of course I saw El Camino. I didn't see El Camino. You don't like Breaking Bad that much. I don't like Breaking Bad that much. Yeah, I, I love mean, Breaking Bad. I, I mean, it's good, obviously. Like, don't attack me, but <laughs> don't throw a pizza on my roof, right, guys? Uh, oh, nice reference. But it's fine. I Actually, there's a whole season of it I never watched. Which season? The last? No, uh, I watched that, I think, with... Maybe not with you. you I watched it with, with Hector and... Uh, someone else uh but i uh no it was like the season with the like el pollo loco like that is it like the third season i think uh he's introduced then yeah like the big where he's like the main character oh the yeah season you with didn't him. see that the season well he dies in season four yeah i didn't see that season yeah. four maybe that whole thing it's dope yeah, no, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Just um, dope, man. Yeah, so I made two transatlantic flights in the last two weeks. I flew to and from England, so I did watch a lot of shit. And one of the things I watched was there's like a new Matt Berry show, I guess, on, on British TV. Toast of London? Or no, there's, no, a, new, there's no. a new Matt Berry show? Yeah, he's in like lots of stuff. I love Matt Berry. It's called, uh, oh shit, what is it called? It's a show set in like the 19th century where he's a cop. And he is like investigating, you know, murders and other crimes. That's dope. And it, but he didn't he didn't write it. He's just acting in it. But he's like pretty. He's it's pretty good. But it's also like pretty stupid sometimes. I mean, that's his whole thing. I mean, not his whole thing, but it's part of his thing. It does say additional material by Matt Berry in the credits, so I'm pretty sure he must have like. I mean, if you give improvised him improvised a, a bunch of lines or something. If you give him a line delivery, like that's his. That's, that's Matt Berry's forever. What in God's house is that? Telephone. Just had it put in. Hello? Put Rabbit on. They want to talk to you. Get round here. Quick. What do I do? Put my by your ear and speak in there. Hello, this is Inspector Rabbit. Talking on the stick. Year, it's called Year of the Rabbit. Year, Year of the of Rabbit? Rabbit? Nice. Yeah. It's not great, but it's like fine. But it has Matt Berry. You know, it has, exactly, it has Matt Berry. Uh, um, you stateside listeners will... No Matt Berry from uh, the show I always talk about, What We Do in the Shadows. He's uh, on that 
current American show. I acquired this hat while draining the blood of a Bavarian Hexenbrenner or witch burner. He must have noticed me eyeing it because in his dying breath he said, take my hat, it's good. Yes, it is cool, I thought. Free hat, even better. Yes, right, right, yeah, right, right, yes, that is, yes, so, right, okay, yes, <laughs> right, okay, yeah, that, yes, yes, definitely yes, <laughs> he is on that. Um, so I actually, I watched Toy Story 4, finally, uh, oh, yeah. which I didn't like very much, yeah, I didn't I'm think it was very good. huge on it. Um, it. It seemed a lot more like one of those, like, Shrek's Easter kind of a thing, like, it was fine, but it didn't really seem to have, like, a reason to exist. It really, if, the, if there was a reason for it to exist, that they might uh, extend the Toy Story with, like, Woody out in the open road, or... I guess, uh, I guess, but like, is that something we need? Woody. Is that something we need? The no, story of Woody not. out I on mean, the open road. Disney the, Plus the needs defining a lot characteristic of, of Woody is that he's like devoted to his child. <laughs> Caleb is like having a huge amount yeah. of trouble. This is why I thought that might have been my microphone because it's like a real misbehaving Psst, kind of. Baby, you good, Mike? You're good, Mike. Um, it just felt like you know what I felt like. What is what I kept saying? They literally put most of the cast in the back seat. They backseat yeah, most the back of the seat. toys. There's the like movie. a whole set piece where the the toys take over for the GPS in the car the family is driving, and then they like take apart the wiring in the car, and they're making it drive places. And I'm like, this is like way it's over weird, the line yeah. for a Toy Story movie. It was funny because in the beginning of the movie, I had the thought of like, oh, I wonder, like, what if somebody saw them? Like, that's something that's never happened. Like, somebody actually saw the toys moving. And then I was like, well, no, that's like breaking the rules. And then this whole fucking thing with uh, um, the them driving the car. I was like, this is fucking nuts. Yeah. Key and Peele are great in it, though. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. To infinity and your mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. Um, but actually, the, the movie I want to talk about is this movie I saw. I had never heard of this movie before. It was called The Clove or The Clover Hitch Killer or The Clove Hitch Killer. Have you heard of this I movie? I have not heard of it. It was very strange. Okay, basically, Dylan McDermott is playing like a an old, like a late middle aged dad who's also like vaguely menacing. But men like you and me, we got thoughts. I don't think he stopped killing. I think there's more than ten victims. You can't control what pops into your head, right? He has pictures. I mean, what if a thought pops into your head right now? A bad thought. Does that look like your father's handwriting? Something like grabbing one of these tools and wham! There. Awkward talk with dad. Over! And like the movie opens with him giving a really weird speech to this group of Boy Scouts about how to hold the flag in case it's windy. And he but he seems like a complete nerd and also like very scary. Um, <laughs> and it's that's like the cold open of the movie. It's really weird. Basically, the plot of it is it's like a normal small town, you know, anywhere USA. And previously, like 10 years in the past, there had been uh, a serial killer who had killed, you know, it's like 13 women, I think. And the thing was, he broke into their house, tied them up, and uh, he always left a clover hitch knot tied to their fence. What's a clover hitch knot? It's like a, or a clove hitch, I forget which it is. A specific knot. It's a specific kind of knot. Yeah, exactly. But then it's like, it was never solved. 
And then you just start with this family. And then, you know, the son begins to suspect maybe his dad was the killer. Is he being crazy or could it be? Ooh, so it's the audience surrogate is a teen. Yes, exactly. And there's a lot of like, is what he's doing normal or is he like a complete psychopath? And that's like the whole movie. And he's got a goatee, Dylan McDermott, and he's kind of a little overweight. So it doesn't look like him at all. Uh-huh. I I was honestly like, okay, I've never heard of this movie. It kind of seems like an indie, but I can you should he should get a big part to be a villain like he was really good at it actually was this from like last year it was like very recent yeah and dylan mcdermott is not dermot mulrooney so he's dylan mcdermott is from the practice yeah the practice Yeah, yeah yeah the one that looks like greg from dharma and greg yeah, I mean, he's just one of those, like, blandly handsome late 90s guys with, sure. like, short black hair. Yes, yes, yes. The, I, 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 and Dermot Mulroney currently is in, he has like, actually Gemstones. Had, oh, yeah, he's yeah. in Gemstones, and he's so good in Gemstones. He's good, yeah. He's actually had a much better career. Yeah, he has a better career, and a better name. Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, much, it's, like, much more Irish. Uh, anyway, that was, like, really interesting and weird, and I I hadn't heard, I'd never heard of it before. Is it an plane only movie <laughs> exclusively to plane so we're, we're really excited about this project we are releasing it on 200 airplanes <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, if they pay you know fine if they pay fine uh anyway so that's the deal with that this week we're going i wouldn't like i was like what i was doing i was trying to look up dylan dylan mcdermott in imdb but i was both making typos and i don't know how to spell dylan mcdermott so it's oh, very hard d-y-l-a-n-m-c-d-e-r-m-o-t-t the movie is the clove hitch killer and it was from 2018 so yeah clove hitch clove hitch clove hitch killer so anyway that's enough of that bullshit so we're flipping it up a little bit this week and we're doing the older movie first uh and i normally do the first movie so i'm gonna do this one mm-hmm. it's called the host it's from 2006 and directed by bong joon ho mr kim formaldehyde dirty formaldehyde pour him into the sink So let me just say, like, as a preface, I wrote this, like, immediately after seeing Parasite, so I was kind of emotionally destroyed, and it was, like, I was in a very weird headspace. So here we go, everybody. Strap in. Um, Much like the Parasite, which we'll be talking about uh, in just a little bit, Bong Joon-ho's The Host from 2006 was a movie that, like, really captured everyone's imagination the year that it came out, even though nobody really knew much about it going into it. Uh, I remember sitting down in the theater with my older brother, who I, you know, I'm really into, and he was visiting me in New York City, and I remember feeling, like, really excited and really good about myself that uh, we were able to, like, go to this cool movie in New York together. Uh, like really very excited and you know I don't often feel that way especially about kind of like an arty 
creature movie, which speaking of the plot, it's very, very standard. I mean, it's like evil government officials poison the water, making a monster that wreaks havoc on the city before being confronted by some unlikely heroes on a rescue mission. I mean, like that's a million movies, like from, you know, whatever, 1948 to the present, you know, every like weird movie they did on Mystery Science Theater 3000, like spiders or whatever, like that's the plot of those movies. But, um, but this is like, it's so much better. It's so brilliant to watch, but it's so tense and funny and sad and action-packed and just like very unusual like it makes very unusual choices uh and it captures you you know it fucking delivers uh, in a way that it's very rare for a movie to deliver it was bong's third movie but it was really his introduction for i would say most americans had weren't really familiar with him before that uh and established him as like a cult genius you know which only went on to be solidified by Snowpiercer and other things. Uh, Caleb, what did you think about this movie? Oh my gosh. Uh, Bong Joon-ho. Director Bong. Is a master of blending genres. A master class of it. Um, So The Host itself, uh, it's a family drama. There's a slacker comedy in it. It's a government conspiracy thriller. uh, An action movie. uh, A horror movie. And it's all under this tent of being a straight-up monster movie, too. Bong puts so many genres into this movie. And uh, the fact that he made... A uh, monster movie this entertaining and so many different parts to like latch on to as a viewer. It's just a very thrilling experience. Probably one of my favorite monster movies. And uh, just to talk about the monster itself, like you think of monsters uh, like King, the King Kong or the uh, Godzilla. Your King's Kong and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this monster is even not that big. It's like the size of maybe like a semi-truck. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty big. I mean, it's pretty big, but like uh, as a par- as poster. As far as like, monsters yeah. go, yeah. It's, uh, not, God- it, it's, it's not Godzilla. It's yeah. really athletic. <laughs> it's, very, it's very sleek and muscular. Uh, and they also show a ton of it, too. Uh, you see it like right from the beginning. Yeah, you see its face. Yeah, right. From, they show it in daylight. They don't. Uh, and there was even a small budget to it. But like, hey, he went and gave you everything you want. Of not only a monster movie, but of uh, uh, there's so many arcs. All the characters have arcs. Like it's a family of four. Even the uh, creature, the host, kind of has, has its an own arc, arc true, itself. Yeah. It's all. It's very weird because they. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of monster movies, but they establish the monster first before you meet any of the characters. Like, is that normal for a monster movie? It, uh, felt, it felt kind of weird to me, but in a cool way. It's like you see them dumping the chemicals that are going to make the monster. You see, like, some people interact with it as, like, a baby monster. And then you... And then, and then is there another beat before we oh, get the, to uh, the... So, yeah, they do that. They cut to... Um couple years later and it's fisherman he's like oh it's in my what's this weird fish in my yeah, cup yeah 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 how many tails does it have and then cut to and this is all before the title card drops yes. uh, it's, a, it's a great co- title card drop i love uh, when you when a director chooses to do something with their title card uh so and then the last beat before everything gets started is uh, a suicidal man oh right right <laughs> is, right right uh, about to jump off a bridge so weird it's so weird. Uh, and then he's about as he's about to do it people are saying don't do it don't do it he looks down like did you guys see that? <laughs> and they're like, see what? And he goes, morons to yeah. the end. And then, and then he jumps and then there's the title, uh, the host. Uh, it's it's great. It's it's amazing. It's so weird. Uh, and, you know, the, yeah, the, that whole opening I really loved. Uh, and then you meet your main characters, you know, this family. And it's, it's like this little, this family where like one of them is a slacker and he's the son of the grandpa who runs this, uh, like what, like a snack stand, like a food, like, stand, like a place a food that, stand in a park, I yeah, guess, right? A park where you could, they'd give you food. And but food. they like also live there, I guess. Yeah. And then they have like a little daughter also. Yeah. He has a daughter, uh, and they don't really give much of background of their family. Uh, but 
Well, they do. Uh, there's the two other. He has a brother who they talk about as alcoholic. Yeah. And then they have a sister. <laughs> this who, is this is one of the what things thought yeah. I was I thought was very unusual. And they have a sister who they're watching compete for the uh, national archery competition. The national archery title. And she's great, and she should win, but she chokes and she comes in third place because she <laughs> doesn't release her arrow fast enough. I wonder if that's going to come back later on <laughs> in the movie. He does all these like cheesy things, but it works so well because. The genres are bumping up against each other, and uh, like a well-written movie uh, is both funny and uh, dramatic, uh, and those elements uh, play with each other a lot. Uh, and the best of uh, of movies uh, strike almost an indis- indistinguishable uh, balance. Uh, I like to go to this example of my one of my favorite movies, Manchester by the Sea, where. Uh, his band's name Stentorian, and he always says it before. That's a little dumb little <laughs> kooky thing. But uh, what Bong does, Director Bong, amazingly, is that he puts these two genres like overlapping right on top of each other. Uh, I'm going to give you two examples of this. Uh, so his daughter gets captured eventually, uh, and uh, there's a grieving scene, a military funeral, yes. and the whole family is just like comes there and they're crying. And they're crying so much that they're just like. Pulling each other and, and kicking each other and rolling and like around rolling the around the ground and then some people like start taking pictures of them. Why are you taking pictures of me? It's like one of those things. Like if it went on for a short time, I'm like that's sad. This is fucked up. But it goes on for so long. So long. It is funny. I mean, <laughs> and, it reminded me of the farewell, right? It made me think of. Oh that. sure. Well, then like Bong just like as soon as that happens, you see the guy come in the background wearing the hazmat suit. He just goes, boom, right to his next thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, wait, hazmat suit. Serious stuff now. Well, uh, one of the things overhead. I loved about the movie, too, is that it just makes so many unusual choices, and the action is directed in such an interesting way, mm-hmm. like the way the action sequences go. Like, there's a thing when the monster is when the monster first attacks a bunch of people, it's basically on the like grass in front of their food stand where the family lives. And it's running through the, you know, people, and it's doing all sorts of shit. And it, it has things like there's a, there's a little set piece where a bunch of people run up into a trailer, and then they shut the door, and one woman doesn't get in the trailer. And she's banging on the door going like, oh, help. And then the monster runs up, and then it knocks her over, and it runs into the trailer. And then, like, you start seeing blood come out of the trailer. Like, that's just, like, interesting. It's just interestingly oh, yeah. done. And then there's another bit, like, just a minute or two later when uh, the daughter, Hong Seo, she, like... Walk. She's been watching the archery competition the whole time and doesn't know any of this stuff has happened. And then, like, she walks out and she sees just like a beer can on the ground, like squirting up. And she's just looking at it. And then she kind of walks a little closer. And then you start to see people running in the background and the, behind the her. The noise comes in, yeah. And that was just interesting. It's just really interesting to watch. And it's like very beautifully done. And it, I mean, the whole movie, I thought it was very naturalistic. I mean, that's like parasite also oh, it's yeah. like very uh, it just seems very movie, real it's, you know it's, it's a, a, a huge feat to make it seem as naturalistic as he did it's also uh really funny too uh I mean, it's hilarious sometimes yeah definitely uh like he's uh the grandpa's about is telling his kids of like how he failed his son and as he's telling this like really sob story about raising his uh, son uh they fall asleep <laughs> 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 and it's like oh wait this is ridiculous and then Again, and this is how great Bong is, that right a second later, like, the monster appears, and they have to, like, go, boom, action scene right now. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. It's got a good balance of that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's just a master director, and we're going to get into him more. I think we wanted to do the host first, because we don't want to spoil Parasite. Because there's so many twists uh, and turns yeah. in Parasite. I mean, and we'll have to spoil it like a tiny bit. Yeah, but we'll do our best. We'll we're, do our best. We will, yeah. uh, because we 
do care about this movie. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's just um, like everyone's been telling you, it's good. And there is a lot of like his style within, which we could talk about. I'll get into his style a little bit now. Uh, uh, he does a lot of uh, like escape scenes, a lot of mm. running away, um, a lot of uh, mechanical plotting, like things happen because this happened. Uh, for example, that final battle is uh, with the with the host is pretty oh, yeah. great. Where they're like lowering down the smoke thing, like that, or oh, the, the, yeah, Agent Yellow. Well, it's like Agent a, Yellow. Yeah. Well, it's all like a character roll call where um, the one brother uh, is throwing Molotov cocktails. Uh, with his homeless friend, which there is a whole class thing that we could get into. Well, this is, I mean, I do want to talk about this and this is also like Parasite. I mean, it it has so much to to do with class and so much to like, that's kind of one of the driving factors of the movie is that everyone is poor, you know? uh, Yeah. uh, Government's failing us and class and poor people are always overlooked. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, really, between these couple movies and uh, Burning that we did... Burning, who uh, had the same cinematographer as Parasite. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I, I it was interesting. Like, there's a lot of interesting cinema about class coming out of Korea Yeah, right South now. Korea, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very... It's as unequal a society as ours is, uh, if or you would... more, but it, at least... But it's they seem to care more there, uh, you know? They are... And they address it in a way that I, I think is so much more interesting. I would say their film industry is like what our film industry was in the seventies where there's just like a lot of art artists coming out and, uh, more were informed by previous things. Like, uh, the 70s studios were formed by like, uh, Preston Sturges movies or whatever. Uh, and these people are uh, influenced by like Steven Spielberg and they're like, Oh wait, let's make that into high class art. And if you want to get into South Korea filmmaking, a great place to start is uh, by following, uh, the actor in both these movies, uh, Song Kang-ho. Oh, uh, yeah. Song Kang-ho plays uh, the slacker dad in this movie. He's also the dad in Parasite. Right, but um, like an older, a much older dad. Yeah. It's like, what, 13 years 13 later? 13 years later. Yeah. Um, he was also in uh, Bong Snowpiercer, Memories of a Murder. Uh, he's in Park Chan-wook's Sympathy f- uh, for Mr. Vengeance. Uh, Park Chan-wook, who did uh, Old Boy, which is another oh, yeah. great uh, South Korean movie. Uh, Lee Chang-dong, who did uh, Burning, which he just mentioned. Uh, he has another great movie called... Secret Sunshine starring Sang Ho Kong. Oh, really? I didn't know he's um, been in all these movies. Uh, Key, uh, Kim Lee Woon's uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, which I believe is still on Netflix. Uh, but that director, he's a very action-y set-piece dude. Uh, and I didn't know this, because uh, I didn't see this movie, but one of my favorite uh, South Korean directors is Hong Sang-soon, and uh, Song Kang-ho, the S actor, was in made his film debut in... Uh, Song Sang Su's uh, The Day the Pig Fell Into the Well, which is a movie I it's definitely will title. be seeking out because that title is amazing. It's really, really good. Yeah. I, I was in the course of researching these couple of movies. I also learned about uh, Bong's first movie, which I hadn't heard of before. Uh, dogs Don't Bark or oh, something like uh, that. Uh, barking Dogs uh, Don't Bite. Is that barking it? Barking Dogs Don't Bite. It's great. Yeah. I've never seen yeah. it. I have not seen it. It sounded really, really interesting. It's, it's uh, so small stakes, but... Uh, directed the hell out of it man mm. uh the plot is uh just a, it really is a, a a guy trying to get a dog to stop barking and then <laughs> really? it leads to like one other thing and it leads to another thing like he always says plotting like this things lead to things it's a, a great thing that bong joon ho that's how he writes it's uh how his mind works it's beautiful and it's too. great for these kind of a movie like uh, the host because it is this kind of like creature action movie so the it things have to proceed in a way that it that makes sense you know i feel like that's so often is not what happens in an american movie like you know transformers or something mm-hmm. it's just like they make up reasons to go from set piece to set piece but this movie the machinery of it works so well mm-hmm. and he you know uh he, he writes for all like i said all the characters have arcs uh so like when you're spending time with 
and they all get like their own individual scenes. Like um, even the daughter who's kidnapped, uh, they give her a, a, another little boy to take care of. But all her scenes are also very high stakes and yeah, like end up in terrifying really cool spaces. Yeah. yeah, yeah, crawl spaces. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I really liked uh, her initial escape where she thinks she. Uh, oh my god. She has to jump on the mon- on mon- on the monster itself to uh, try and grab a yeah, rope so she's to crawl caught, out. Caught in this deep sewer, basically, and she gets a rope caught up that she can get on, but she can't quite reach it. And so later on, the monster comes back, and she's yeah, she figures out she can run and jump up the monster and catch the rope. The way the it's rope. filmed is so good. It is because she does. She runs up and jumps and catches the thing, and then she's like swaying back and forth. And then and you then see, we her, see her like because it's a tight on it's tight on her face, or I guess it's head, her head and shoulders. Yeah. And you see her, she stops swaying, and then she lets go of the rope, and she just stays in exactly the same place. And then you see that the monster's like holding her with its tail (laughs) up in the air, and you're like, oh no. But then it just puts her down on the ground. Which is so weird. Like, like, what is that about? And it's like the monster's still asleep. Is what we're supposed uh, to. Oh, he think. was. Uh, he was tricking her. No, that monster is smart. He, you, like you, yeah. you don't. He was not asleep. Yeah. Well, right, because Until then it, he like runs up at her, right? Yeah. Um, to touch on the class, uh, like I said, how each character has its own thing. I would say the most class uh, we get is from the brother character, who is introduced as alcoholic, but the only one who's graduated from uh, university. Right. Right. Uh, and then he even like has friends in uh, like the tech industry or whatever. Bus- he has business friends. The telecom industry, yeah, I think. Which yeah, is, they like uh, work for the phone company. Which is a plot device that does work out for yeah, them. And this, but yeah. also he's the one who ends up with uh, working with like protesters and... Uh, like revolutionaries. Yeah. and Yeah, right. Exactly. Which it's, is... I mean, it is interesting. It's a movie that has a lot of... Yeah, like you said, like sympathy for poor people. Like all the main characters are poor and they have... People are talking about like credit card debt and like protesting oh, yeah. against the government, and these are things that you don't often get in a like an action movie in a way that isn't making fun of them or something, you mm-hmm. know. And it doesn't do it in a way that's heavy-handed. Like nobody gives a speech to camera about like if you do pollution, this is what happens. Which I feel like that's what happened in an American version of this movie. And uh, in an American version of this movie, not as many people would die. Like important characters die oh, in yes, this movie. Like, several important characters die. <laughs> it's yeah. hair. It's harrowing and it's very sad it's like very sad uh if this movie sounds like something you should watch um go ahead and watch it man it's on amazon i watched it on where did you watch it on? i watched it on amazon but there, are like oh, we were talking to, like, about this the... last night yeah i did there were many different weird services you've never heard of you could sign up for a week amazon free trial ch- of. prime channels yeah i think there was one called uh monsters and nightmares yes it was something like monsters and nightmares i did it through the magnolia selects because i have like early 2000s indie nostalgia it was also on one called like gangsters and something else which i was like that doesn't make sense i was like what are these fucking things and then i actually when i saw all the weird services it was on i went to netflix just to check i'm like how can it be on fucking gangsters and monsters and not on netflix (laughs) but it's not it's not on netflix uh actually i remember uh when it first when netflix was when roku was first introduced uh I remember yeah. when Roku was first they introduced. Had, uh, Just a tiny box, mind you. I remember uh, saying, like, okay, the host. I was like, I, I kind of want to watch a cheesy monster movie. And I was, like, totally blown away. And then I saw they had other, uh, they had Barking Dogs that Never Bite on there as well. And that's how I got into. Uh, oh, wow. On Netflix, directed, like yeah. on streaming Netflix? Yeah, in, like, 2008 or nine or whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Good for uh, old school Netflix. It was great. I mean, it was great. <laughs> it's a great, great movie. Uh, uh, and if, yeah, just I, that actually is reminding me I need to cancel my free trial of Magnolia Selects. <laughs> I, oh, I Sorry, Magnolia mine. Pictures. 
I didn't even actually know they were still around. Uh, they, yeah, I think they're doing currently in theaters uh, Mr. America starring Tim Heidecker. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, at its time, the highest grossing South Korean, f- this was the f- highest grossing South Korean film of all time. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, it's now number 17. Uh, and Parasite on that list, by the way, is number, number 19 already. Oh, really? Already? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we were talking, I mean, uh, look, I'm going to completely talk out my ass for a second. Um, you were talking about how the South Korean film industry is kind of like, the 70s, like there's some like really interesting auteurs working right now. You know, the thing I think you have to balance that against is like they are there's a there's still a society with a very strong monoculture, you know, which is we don't really have in America anymore. And I think that's good for art in a certain way, because there's like everyone is talking about the same things all the time. I mean, it can seem like that if you are, you know, read Vulture and are on media Twitter. It seems like we all are, but really we're not. Uh, there's not like big, you know, pop stars and things that everyone is literally talking about all the time. Uh, but I feel like there is that level of culture and it's interesting to have that to like act against or kind of to the side of if you're an artist, like an artist, a filmmaker, uh, I think it kind of, you know, it gives you something to work with. Right. And I think that's partially maybe why we see, uh, such an attention to like class and money, like even even in Parasite, where there's like a you know sort of a dream of getting rich, like that's what so much of media is about in South Korea, right? Is like you know rags to riches, or it's just stories about rich people. Um, so it's like a really strong like psychic thing there, uh, you know, without really knowing what I'm talking about. But I've you know I've watched some <laughs> South Korean dramas on Netflix. I went through a phase of like watching them all the time, uh, and you know, I had a very long conversation about K-pop with a friend of mine who told me like uh, everything about it. So I, I feel like I'm pretty qualified. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> a South Korean movie, uh, because North Korea does make movies. Um, South Korea. Yeah, North Korea does make movies. That is true. <laughs> uh, they yeah. they uh, kidnap directors to make movies. Uh, I've yeah. mentioned all these great directors who I love, and I think uh, outside of the United States, it's the most influential country making films uh, in the past 20 years. Uh, they've never had an Oscar nomination. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, maybe for this... Oh, no. 100% they're going to get for Parasite. Uh, but not was... even for, um, for like, foreign language film? Nope. Uh, exactly really? that. They, uh, they were close last year with Burning. Uh, that was the first time they were shortlisted. Um, really? That's crazy. Yeah, uh, uh, our man, Bong... Director Bong... Uh, was asked about this. Uh, he said, well, it doesn't really matter. It's a local telecast anyway. <laughs> My man called the Oscars a local telecast. I, I love like it. I like that a lot. I'm very anti-Oscars right now, as we all should be, because Green Book won Best I mean, Picture. That. That's, uh, that's the kind of stupid shit that happens all the time at the edit, Oscars. Ed, no. Crash won Best Picture, you know? Uh, that's true. Uh, editing, though, my, my precious baby editing award went to motherfucking bohemian rhapsody that is oh my god unforgivable i kept thinking of you when there were those memes of like that that one scene in bohemian and rhapsody. oh yeah, yeah that, that was trending and the direct the, the editor had to come out and say yeah i'm that was bad yeah <laughs> it was like look it wasn't really my fault they had what was it it was like the studio wanted him they just kept saying telling him to cut more yeah what an idiot yeah, and he, but he, I mean, and it's like, yeah, he did it, like, fuck you. But then uh, he did win an Oscar for it. Like, why in yeah. the world? Why? Um, it, but if the Oscars put some uh, weight behind Parasite, <laughs> they pulled me back in. Yeah, exactly. So do you want to move on and talk about this? 2019, Bong Joon Ho's Parasite. <laughs> The Kim family is poor, but don't worry, they're resourceful. 
We're introduced to the family of four as they find the best spot in their basement apartment to steal a Wi-Fi signal and then endure being sprayed with bug-killing chemicals so they can get free extermination. This is not a spoiler. It's in the previews. What's not in the previews, well, is a lot. Bong Joon-ho asked reviewers and and people like us, the ilk, not to spoil his film, and lo, I am not to intervene with this master and his relationship to the audience. Though I will say the plot concerns the Kim family getting and creating a series of jobs from the wealthy Park family. Uh, Soon Ki-woo is hired as an English teacher. Daughter Ki-young is uh, hired as an art therapist. Uh, the father, Ki-woo, is hired as a driver, and their mother, Chong-suk, is hired as the maid. This enterprise plays off as a class struggle with applauding and pacing, uh, rivaling like a heist movie like Stroderberg's Ocean's Eleven movies in visual style and uh, and how it just, they're overtaking and plotting against these wealthy people. But, Jong, but Bong Joon-ho never loses his focus on the class structure. And then the twists come. As we learn more about Parasite's intentions as a storytelling vehicle, uh, Bong still remains pointed on class commentary, but allows our own thoughts as an audience to twist and shift with it. Uh, this is remarkably done by Bong's visual strengths, working here again with Hong Kyung Pyu, who also did ABC favorite Burning, we mentioned earlier, uh, and his willingness to blend genres. Uh, what very much reads as an art house film is given the craft of a popcorn blockbuster. Uh, Parasite won this year's Palm Dior at Cannes and just this past week set the record of having the best per average opening for a foreign language film. The hype, it is real. Uh, Chris, did it live up to these expectations, this hype? I mean, Caleb, it, you know, it, I went into it intentionally not knowing shit about it. I haven't read anything about it, except just to see people on Twitter saying over and over again that it's the best movie in the world. And you emailing me to say that you were so excited. So I went into it totally blind basically, and I was continually surprised by things happening in this movie. Like, basically, like you said, you're introduced to this, the Kim family in, in one situation, and you kind of feel very tender towards them, and you feel like, oh, these are, you know, down-on-their-luck people that desperately need a break. And then over the next maybe half hour, 45 minutes, you start to think, like, oh, actually, like, yeah, oh, it, you're like, do they do this all the time? Like, this, <laughs> you know, and it's hard to, so we were talking a minute ago about spoiling this movie, quote unquote. I don't want to spoil it, but I think, you know, it's not spoiling it exactly to say that it turns out that they are con men, con people of some kind. Yeah, that's like a, they're that's they're running scams all the time. It's only a very tiny bit of the film. Yeah, and it, it it came out of nowhere really for me. I really didn't see it coming, like to the extent that um, the first, like when the first scam starts, I didn't realize what was going on until it was like over basically. And then I was like, oh shit. And then the, they start talking about some other scam and I'm like, what are they talking about? And then it happens and I was like, oh my God, what? And then, you know, uh, <laughs> it was very surprising and gratifying to me. Um, to not spoil um, this, I've seen this trailer because I go to a lot of movies. They've played this trailer about like, I've seen it maybe 40 times in my life. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, I hate trailers, but I always still would get excited to watch this trailer just because, oh, cool, visuals, and, like, I could, I was really hyped for this movie. But they do hint at the, in the trailer that um, she's good at Photoshop or um, that she's about to, uh, she's about to lie with the uh, uh, Ch- Illinois Chicago. Illinois Chicago. 
They have like a little song they make up to remember yeah. her backstory. Uh, watch the trailer. We'll play the trailer for yeah, you. Yeah, we'll play the trailer. Yeah, but it'll <laughs> be in Korean, so you won't be able to like understand what they're saying. Go watch the trailer, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it always is funny for us when we do these foreign language yeah, movies because I'm that. always <laughs> like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it is like it's so hype right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only playing at the IFC Center. Is is, is uh, that right? It's after tomorrow. Uh, well, yeah, it opens yeah, opening weekend tomorrow. was at IFC Center, which 10 a.m. screenings to midnight screenings were all sold out. I had to like you know leave work early to go to the 5:25 showing because every showing after like six o'clock was sold out like all week long. Uh, although there wasn't really a line. I mean, I guess I did go to like an odd time showing, sure. but it was full by the time that uh, it started. It is uh, opening m- more theaters in LA and New York this weekend, and then we'll have a big expansion as it keeps going. And I think they are pushing for that Oscar nomination. And I say they, I and think- I mean Neon, who's having a great yeah, year. Yeah, Neon, right? Yeah. Like how many Neon movies have we talked about this year? Like, I know, kind a couple, of a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, right. So we talked about these, the family being with their running scams. Uh, so this is something I wanted to ask you. Like, do you feel that like the family are the heroes of the movie? Like, are, like, are we rooting for their success or are we just like witnessing what they're doing? Um, there is, uh, yeah, a remove to it. Uh, I wouldn't say, say they're necessarily heroes. I would just also say no one in this movie is a villain. Like, even as we yeah. meet the uh, upper-class Park family, uh, they're just... Uh, Who are nice, but also yeah. terrible. They're you like, know? yeah, they're cr- crazy rich, um, uh, but the mom is just so, like, naive and just so polite that uh, they can afford to act that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, like, the daughter is hired as an art therapist, which art therapy is a very like for their hoity toity thing. <laughs> yeah, for their, literally know? for a, a small child. You're like, what the fuck? Do he doesn't need? He seems fine. She keeps going on about how difficult he is. He just seems like a normal little kid. He doesn't seem bad. <laughs> They're at all. the type of people who can afford to say uh, Indian and not know that you're not supposed to say Indian. Or... <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know what the politics around that are in South Korea. I don't know. I, uh, I don't think anyone's supposed to say like. Well, yeah, I mean, from our perspective, but I don't know what the. I don't know if it's like a bad thing in South Korea. Well, hopefully it is. <laughs> I mean, hopefully it is. Yeah. Um, like one of the there. Yeah. There's a scene where you sort of start to get the idea that like maybe these, this family isn't that great. Cause you kind of forget as you're watching them like pull off scams and because it is just like we were saying about the host, it's funny and it's like, Oh yeah. The first half plays as a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a great comedy. It's like a, uh, like I know? mentioned, it's like a heist film. Uh, it's like a dark comedy. Uh, it's a class satire. Uh, it turns into uh, a straight up thriller. It's uh, it builds into a horror movie, and it's also a very big family drama. Chris mentioned he uh, was very emotionally distraught from it. Yeah, it's I just felt so wrung out. So after many genres, it. and it happens all at once. Yeah, and again, it is just like I mean, it's much more about class and poverty and stuff it, yeah then it didn't even the, the, it's so focused on uh being a class movie that it really just goes through its genres so quickly um and uh i was reading an interview with bong director bong talking about how he doesn't instruct his actors to pay attention to genre he's like uh, he's basically saying i'm taking care of that <laughs> he's like i'm not gonna t- uh, let that inform their uh like you shouldn't let the genre inform your decisions as an actor. Uh, I'm going to change the lighting or I'm going to change the setting or what you're interacting with. That will be how mm-hmm. genre is applied in my movies. Yeah. I mean, and it is, it's again, it's just like, even though it's, 
a little bit goofy almost sometimes. It, it is so naturalistic, and you just feel like you're watching, you know, reality happen in a certain way. Even though it's very obviously like a parable about class relationships, there's a whole running thing through the movie that uh, gets more important as it goes on about the rich dad thinking that the poor dad smells bad. Oh, yeah. And it's like driving the poor dad crazy because he keeps overhearing the rich dad talk about how he smells bad without <laughs> without it really knowing, you know? And uh, there, that's so interesting, you know, because... In a way, what he, what the rich dad's saying is like not that bad because he thinks he's alone, just talking to his wife, and he's not exactly making fun of him. He's not saying he stinks, but he kind of is be, tr- acting like he's, he's not a human. Saying being, it without actually you know? explicitly saying it, yeah. He's yeah, he's acting like this other poor person is like he's being a rich guy, being a rich dick who doesn't know what he's saying is is wrong, but doesn't yeah, but care. it's so and it's so dehumanizing, yeah. right? It's because uh, we see the face of the the poor dad while it's being said and he just looks like he's being so destroyed by it you know it's there's a ton, there's so many like things like that in the movie and we we don't want to spoil it to you um yeah but there it it and it just goes and goes and turns and twists and uh everything lines up perfectly uh there's like so many checkpoints that you like oh wait that pays off now that's great uh it's i'm telling everyone to go see this movie um i would like to give a shout out to uh, the production designer, her name is Ha Jun Lee. Uh, the house in the this movie, both houses, oh my uh, God, they're so beautiful, so perfect. Like, well, the uh, rich house is absolutely amazing, and they had to uh, fit it to because he wrote the script first, and there's a lot of like sneaking and eavesdropping. Oh yeah, so they yeah. had to like design the house or find a house and like tailor it to his script. Oh my god, I can't <laughs> even imagine doing that. There's like a big glass window that's important. Uh, it's a actually a glass wall that's important. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it really had to convey, convey this like excess and wealth and almost uh, like it's a castle compared to the other house, which is a basement house. Yeah. Uh, which literally at one point we see someone sitting on the toilet while the entire place is flooded yeah. and there's shit spraying out of the You know, toilet. I never get like, I, I'm a strong-willed person. Uh-huh. I never, like, like there's uh, some stuff in this movie that guy was like freaking out to me next to. Uh, and even like horror movies, I never freak out. The toilet made me go, ugh. It was really the toilet gross. Made, the toilet got me. Because it's like green colored. It's coming. It's supposed to be like sewage backing <laughs> up from this huge flood. And it's just spraying out in this such a gross way. <laughs> but the fact that they're even in a basement too is like, oh, that's like crazy poor. Like they're not even like street level. There's also, they're not uh, even uh, ground level yeah, poor. There's they're always like, like below ground a poor. Got, it's like, uh, like we speak, uh, I said it was like a castle, the rich house. This is like the moat or like the uh like everyone they could hear everything there's always like a guy outside peeing yeah yeah, um, yeah. there's isolation versus there's no privacy at all in their house God. yeah the um like the first time you sort of get the idea that something in the movie is about to change in a really big way is when the son first goes to the rich people's house and uh it's like he goes up and he's ready to make some big explanation and they just buzz him in and the door opens just to crack and you just see like bamboo trees against a concrete wall and you realize sort of how nice the door is that's been buzzed open it's this nice you get to experience this house for the first time and you hear like birds chirping in the background and it's basically and then he walks up into the house and it's like a huge huge lawn somehow from this like tiny korean alleyway that they have started (laughs) off on it's like you go up four steps and you're in a different universe you know uh, and you just see him look around like, wow, I can't believe this, you know? And you know, I was feeling the same way as a film, as the movie watcher. Oh, yeah. I forget what the term is for it now. Film goer. 
movie seer. Attendant. A film attendant. A film attendant. As a film attendant. A guy with eyes. I feel like that's someone who is paid to be in the movie theater, the film attendant. I'm paid to be there. Uh, one of these days, Caleb, <laughs> once we get this fucking thing off the ground, one of these days. We're on the ground. We are... We are below... I mean, honestly, in terms of podcasting, we are below the ground. We are we below are, the ground. We're part. the uh, Kim family. Yeah, I mean, we honestly would be lucky to be we're the We're folding Kim pizza boxes right now. Yeah, that's like the first thing that you see them doing is they're folding pizza they boxes. They just like scheme to get money. That's all... It's like their thing. <laughs> but they're like not doing the pizza box folding well, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Only a quarter of them. Yeah, and they don't exactly spoiler, say which yes, of them... Is because it's basically there's know, four people in the family and they say f- one fourth of them are fucked up. I know, and they never t- reveal which of them is the one that's the fuck I up. I like, guess I, I guess would it's say the dad. The dad, yeah, the dad, yeah. <laughs> He's also the fuck up in uh, what you call it in, in uh, the, the, uh, the host, the host, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty funny. Although he looks so much more serious and put together in this movie. Even I know. Uh, well, the host he had blonde hair. Oh, it's uh, dyed blonde. It's dyed a blonde. dumb way. He it's does like cut it at the eyes. the very last scene. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And he <laughs> and looks, looks normal. It yeah. looks normal. Yeah, it's totally true. <laughs> what um, a good actor song is. It's hard. There's not like a lot more to even really say about it without spoiling it. I know. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, it's such. It's great. I it's mean, everything it's definitely you like great. From movie. I always uh, great. compared. Uh, I would say Bong was always like, uh, if Spielberg's political late career politicals met up with his politicals uh, <laughs> met up with his. Early. Tell uh, me more about his political scale of <laughs> you know, like motherfucking uh, bridge of Mar- spies. Uh, I was gonna say Meryl Streep, Tom H- Hanks movie. I forget the name. Oh, of the shit. Post. The Post was that yeah. pre- kind of preachy. Uh, even uh, I can't wait for this follow-up. Inanimate carbon rod. <laughs> A round of applause for this inanimate carbon rod. Uh, even uh, Lincoln. I apologize for that joke, by the way. I, it's late. I, I've been up all day. I'm kind of jet lagged. You know, well, he's like, been like a definitely a different late career director than he has been his early career, uh, such as great films as Jaws and Third Close Encounters as the Third Kind. Yeah, that's uh, true. Which are great movies. Uh, and even his later films are great movies, but they're very different movies. And I would say Bong is the midpoint between that, plus his own thing, plus. Something else that you can't even put your finger on because he's Bong Joon-ho, who loves sci-fi and uh, who loves comedy, who loves just being a beautiful weirdo. Yeah, you know, I never saw... One of his big movies I did not see was Okja. Uh, did on you Netflix, see that? Yeah. Okja? I didn't. It did look... I didn't want to see it. Uh, it's a lot better than... Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite of his movies, but it's a lot better than... Like, uh, it, it's a ride. Uh, I mean, I know there's, it there's was written amazing, by John Ronson, right? right? I there's mean, amazing I like John Ronson. chase scenes in it. Again, a, a hallmark from Bong Joon-ho. It's a sci-fi allegory, but it also turns into something else, too. Uh, I was pretty... Imp- I, as well as was like, I didn't love it when I was watching it. By the end, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a lot better than the way I was feeling. <laughs> Wait, when did you feel that way? Later on, afterwards? No, like, toward, by, by the end of the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, this, uh, it's a, oh, he's a roller coaster ride good. director, like... Every single one of his movies is just like, oh, wait, it just looked takes like me too places. cutesy for me or something. Yeah, you know? he's allowed to be cute. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're pretty cute with that little tiny laugh, my friend. <laughs> so I hate, you know, the shtick of the show is that we make a choice at the end. Like, I feel yeah, like we should not, exercise. I don't even want to make a choice between these movies. I will parasite. But I mean, as I often say, Caleb, <laughs> like if someone were, you know, they had a giant, sleek, muscular 
fish monster and that they were going to unleash on you if you refused to pick one of these two movies to recommend bones Um, until you vomited your bones into a ditch uh, i would say parasite uh are we watching the host for this uh i was kind of disappointed in the score oh my god you have to like hey these are very close both great movies this was but parasite is just so fucking good i honestly came out of parasite being like this is one of the great it's like a fucking it's one of the great movies movie it's such a classic it's so interesting yeah i hope more people rip this off because i need to have more stuff like this in my life uh it it automatically became number one on my movies of 2019 list after seeing it i honestly i swear to god i think you said that every single episode that's not true you could, <laughs> you could check the tape on you that. said it about joker obviously last Ugh. week um <sighs> yeah i mean i would have to go parasite as well i mean the host is a great movie and it's 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 i don't want to say like it's a slighter movie but it kind of is. it kind of is yeah it's, it's under the monster it's more like an action genre. movie yeah, yeah it's a monster movie it's an action movie and it's like for a monster movie and an action movie it's very entertaining amazing and good yeah. to watch and i will say like i'm so glad to see a movie like parasite coming out of uh oh, bong yeah. because like like i said you know, Snowpiercer was a great movie that I enjoyed, but it was famously like had a terrible development process. It didn't mm-hmm. really get the release it should have, and it didn't get finished to the level it should have gotten finished because of all the problems he had with the studio. And Okja was like kind of a whatever. I mean, it might be a better thing if it came out now, but it was like an early streaming original movie. So it got a lot of attention, but it, people didn't act, people acted like it wasn't a real movie. So to see him come back with a movie that is like in every sense a real movie and, and like to a come fantastic back to piece Korea of film. like this too and make a smaller movie. Yeah. This movie was uh, not made for a lot of money at all. It's like amazing to see and it makes me so impressed and so happy for him and happy for the career that he's going to have mm-hmm. going forward. It drills forward. the gauntlet down directors to be like, oh, hey, I, you could make this type of blockbuster with a very small stakes but also you could sneak things in there and also have big stakes and make it smaller. <laughs> yeah, because he is, you know, he's saying a lot about society, basically. You know, and I, I thought it was so interesting compared to American movies that try to be like this, like American movies about class. Oh, it's sure. like, I just feel like everyone involved in making a film in America is so rich that they cannot make a movie like this. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Bong Joon-ho is rich, like, obviously, but there's just something about America where... Everyone from the screenwriter to the director and all the actors, they're just so fucking divorced from reality that like it's very hard to make a movie that is as insightful and Mm -hmm. naturalistic as this. Also, Americans don't move their... If they do, it's very stylistically and over the top, but Bong moves his camera with a purpose and moves it with uh, restraint even to at times. Uh, Just the way he uh, and the cinematographer work together, distinct yet adds to the film itself to make it seem bigger and more important, which is another element of why he makes some of the best and is a genius of our time. Yeah, director Bong fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> and this is an amazing movie. We it deserves all the hype. An that episode. Uh, when we talked about this podcast, we always talked about uh, like two movies. Okay, we could always do like a two directors. And we've never, I mean, a director's two films. Yeah. And we haven't done a director's two films until now yeah so it was like great yeah technically the first episode was but like we that lost that episode or something we didn't actually we redid the it. favorite though yeah we we did redo the favorite yeah but we've never done it before and it was totally worth doing this yeah. time it was interesting and they're both you know similar movies because they are both like genre exercises mm-hmm. they're they very are very subtly revolutionary and they're very surprising in very many ways yeah uh, and you know, I think they're both great. Pieces it's a great explanation yeah. of Bong Joon Ho, who is a director we all should be more aware of going forward. We shall be hugging and kissing him. Yeah, he's in the states right now, probably still promoting this. If shit. I see 
If I see him on the street, I'm going to hug and kiss him. <laughs> there was, um, like, they give him, like, bullshit because he's done his press tour. They asked him, like, oh, where do you like to see it in the movie theater? And he said, back row. I was like, man, this guy is out there. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> back row? Back what? row is crazy, man. <laughs> you know why he wants to sit in the back row? So he can kiss and hug me. That's, like, the number one reason that nobody's going to bother us, man. When me and Director Bong are in the fucking back row kissing and hugging, no, not nobody's going to bother us. Oh, man, I hope he hears that now. Uh, yeah, okay, you hit, hit me up on my celly, Director Bong. Uh, that's the end of the whole show, everybody. It's totally crazy. Uh, join us in a couple of weeks. Uh, my life might be very different by then. Oh, yeah. Buddy. But probably not. Probably not by the next episode. Mine, mine definitely will be. Yeah. When you're having your that foot sewn onto your head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can do a cool walk. Head. Cool walk. Like a totally cool walk. Oh, inside's where you take my gun. Uh, yeah, that's it. G- goodbye, beautiful people. Bye-bye. You're so easy. Squid ink, squid ink, and uh, squid eyes. And then the rest of the squid, where did it go? Where did tentacles go? There was squid in that You know, there's supposed movie. to be ten tentacles, yeah. Caleb, and there's only nine there's tentacles. Only nine. <laughs> it looked good. It was, like, so fried the way he made, the way he made it. I mean, it, it looked more like it was, like, an uncooked shrimp chip. It, really That's how it, it, looked, it, was, it looked like a giant chip. And, like, it just seemed like he was heating it up on, like, a very small of it. Like it, it was, like just, it was never going to yeah. get hot from that. Like, <laughs> you had to make three of them. I was like, <laughs> was like this is never going to fucking happen. You know, that fucking slacker asshole. And then he had it in his pocket. Why did he put it in his pocket? <laughs> his dad took it. That was sad. <laughs> like he was going to give it back to them. That was kind of the vibe I got. Maybe then he got distracted. <laughs>